Welcome to the Steve and Stone Show, powered by two dudes trying to revive and relive their college podcast. I think America is the land of second chances, except for when it comes to this dude, Mr. Jabba the Hutt, you fat, slobberly, no good, lazy. Oh, come on, that's yeah, a little strong. And listen. With your host, Newport Goals announcer, and a guy that doesn't believe you can eat mac and cheese with a spoon, Stephen Hutt. Five, eight little mousy boys that live in the wall and crawl around for cheese. <laughs> okay, we get it. Alongside award-winning podcaster and two-time Nebraska walk-on trial participant, Colton Stone. How he takes off the shirt. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Being everything from college football to baseball to creating dumb lists purely for debate. Totally stupid. Well, Doug and I love stupid. Tune in every week wherever you listen to podcasts and enjoy. Now, there's a difference between having fun and being a jackass. Welcome into the Stephen Stone Show. I'm Stephen off alongside Colton Stone. As we get into talks about some Big Ten football and college football news, Clippers blowing a 3-1 lead, and then, of course, our flagship program will have a pick at the end of it all. But first, Colton, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty good. Actually, I, uh, I, I'm of course not prepared. So what's new? Um, I had a, I had a tweet that I resonated with that I, that I got to go find really quick, um, from, from our team. Now I want to mention real fast, uh, we, you and I went a perfect three and O as far as teams we root for last week, the, the team of the podcast, Pittsburgh picked up a win on Monday night, uh, Washington, incredible historic comeback, and top of the division as well that's right rams uh the turf was the turf was fast they won uh they you know maybe a questionable call at the end who knows we'll get into that um and and based on the the blunder of the titans despite them winning uh i have never been more excited to say that uh we're rooting for the steelers so uh but let me find okay here we go I, i resonate with this quote this is from ben roethlisberger so you know it's good. <clears throat> this is from uh, Brooke Pryor on Twitter. She said, Roethlisberger on soreness. I was saying today I feel like I was just in a car accident. Yesterday I felt like I was in a train wreck. Hopefully tomorrow it'll feel like I just fell off a bike. I'm definitely sore. The good news is my arm is the only thing that doesn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's insert Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback gift right there. Right, exactly. Uh that's what you want out of Big Ben, though. I mean, that body, you want it to be hurting because that means he, he's doing something. Mid-season form for, <laughs> for Ben Roethlisberger is being covered in ice at halftime and then well, coming out and throwing three touchdowns in the second half. I think this is why I love the Steelers this much more this year and why I'm so thrilled they're our team. They treat the offseason and the buildup to the regular season as the mid-season form already. I mean, oh, they're yeah. full pads. They're hitting each other. They're not the Rams or the Niners analytics based where they don't hit anyone and they don't tackle and have full pads. They're full form and they're beating each other up. I think that's what we need in that toughness element going into the season. Dude, if you told me that Mike Tomlin still had like a Motorola razor, like the flip phone, I'd believe it. Like what? They don't need computers. They don't need analytics. You go out there and you play football. And if you win, you win. If you lose, you move on. You go to the, I mean, think like the Steelers, I think this is why the the um, 
the coaches that have been at one franchise for a long time have worked out. The Steelers and the Patriots, like think about it. They don't they could they could not care less about like what stats say, what the spread is, how many guys are hurt, how many guys are oh this guy's in the top five of receiver. They don't care. Belichick doesn't care. Tomlin doesn't care. They go out there, they play football, and if they lose, you move on. And I, I honestly think you know the Steelers haven't been as successful recently, I, I but mean, but they're, I don't know they're always that. there. They're always right. They're in a division that's very like if the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson, the Steelers are probably the favorite. You know, I'm still on this. I mean, they made the playoffs mostly, and I think they had eight wins last year without Big Ben. I think that's a sneaky good team. I, we'll get into the Steelers more later. Yeah, but. we'll get into Mason Rudolph deserving that blow to the head later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, Big Ten breaking news this morning. They are announcing that they're back into action. Mm-hmm. There will be some Big Ten football after we went a month thinking there wasn't going to be. It's going to be an eight-game schedule with a plus one added on at the end. Starts the weekend of October 23rd will end around the 12th with the plus one game and they will have the um the the plus one being on december 19th Mm -hmm. why it's a plus one and not you know called a nine game season it's because um the number one teams on each side will play each other like it's a conference championship number two teams will play each other so on so forth until we get the inevitable toilet bowl of illinois and Rutgers, and it's it's everything everyone's dreamed of i will be the first person to say um, I, I'd like to think I manifested this one too. Uh, you know, I manifested the 360 team March madness. Yep. And I'd like to say that you and I through this podcast have somehow manifested, manifested this too. I will say as gross as this might be, mm-hmm. you were repping the Illinois poll over last week. And I think that kind of sent some good juju towards uh-huh. the big 10 football. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a full zip. Uh, it's a Columbia jacket. It's nice. It keeps you warm. Um, you paid good money for that. It was on sale. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, if it wasn't for the little orange like eye on the chest, you'd never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was rocking that at high school football games in the rain. Like it was great. It was the, it was literally the perfect jacket for that weather. Um, I, I will be the first person to say that I I want the plus one to be a regular thing. Um, and the reason, the reason I say that is one, um, it's not going to ruin your conference championship. Like obviously it's still going to be one versus one. Everyone knows that that's how that's going to work. That doesn't disrupt anything. Now, what I would like to see if they were, let's, let's say they like move forward with it. Uh, if they try, I know that it's probably a one-off thing, so I'm going to go way too in depth for something that'll never happen. But I think, like, if you get to the end of the season where, you know, maybe you have, uh, you know, a team that's five and seven, but maybe they're kind of on that cusp of, you know, they could make a bowl game, but if someone, you know, if Army or Navy wins their sixth game in two weeks, uh, they'll get a bowl game, right? So it'd be one of those where it'd almost be an incentive to try to get to six wins, or maybe a six and six team gets to a seventh win, Um now, I, I could see them not doing it because it would be a very, not unsafe thing, but it'd be kind of one of those things. It's like, well, you're already practicing for a bowl game, so those those teams that have qualified probably wouldn't play. 
but it also might give you an opportunity to play a team that that people have said like oh well yeah so and so's the third best in the league but they didn't have to go through you know the west this year or maybe it's someone on the east where like their lot like indiana their losses are to ohio state and penn state but other than that they looked incredible but they didn't really get a chance on a, on a big stage to, to show it off. So it'd be interesting to see them maybe try to utilize it in, in different ways, but I'm a big fan of it. I think it's great. I think it's, you know, it, it makes sure that while it's a shortened season, um, you're still kind of playing for something like you're, you're playing to, to be Illinois and Rutgers. Um, and if I'm being honest, I, I don't know if it'll be Illinois from yeah from the I mean, west we previewed big 10 you know a couple weeks ago with phil Steele, and and illinois is looking a lot better mm-hmm. i'll say this with it with the plus one i just wish i know it's not gonna happen i saw this floating on twitter though and i thought it was funny i wish we could find trophies for like all of these horrible games at the end just oh, yeah. like just so minnesota isn't fighting for you know paul bunyan and his axe and, and a fat pig or whatever they fight for <laughs> you know throughout the year just so we can get a little extra added on top um, cool thing about this too, though, the season will end around the same time as, as the other Power Five conferences and Big Ten is, um, or Ohio State is eligible for the college football playoff, <laughs> uh, or Penn State, um, or Wisconsin. One of those three. It's basically one of those three. We'll have a have a shot at it. Um, there are very few cons, very few cons to this coming back. Besides um, the health, but right, the pros are they're utilizing daily testing. They are going to have a long enough season that they could get into the college football playoff. Um, you know, it's still it's still conference only, so they can still follow different protocols. You know, there's a there's a there's the pros outweigh the exciting cons. players back out on the field. You right, get to see this right. ball. The one big con right now is, which could eventually outweigh the pros, but it's not right now. The one con is by them starting on the 23rd and 24th rather than the 17th or the 10th, they lose out on flexibility. So they're trying to play eight games in eight weeks. It's very doable. There's still time between that and the championship game. So if a team had to postpone a week uh, or, you know, maybe week three is played, you know, maybe teams swap, you know, if they have similar opponents, something like that. Obviously the daily testing will help with that. But the big con is that, with them starting two weeks later than what everyone wanted is you're going to lose out on that ability of, Oh, Hey, week one Rutgers had 30 guys test positive. Um, so they can't play this week. What are you going to, you can't, you can't push it back a week. Can't push it back two weeks. You either play down 30 guys, uh, and risk it, which Rutgers might as well play down 110 guys, but, you know, you run that risk of, you know, maybe these guys weren't in contact, but now they're traveling to Minneapolis. Now they're traveling to Madison. Now they're traveling to Columbus. And, you know, and you, know you don't that, know. It's a, it's it's a, a big if. thing, too. You know, I mean, right. a lot of the, you know, you had to quarantine for two weeks. And so having, you know, the very little flexibility, um, it'll be tough, but uh-huh. at least the Big Ten, you know, well, and, and, and here's the other thing. I, I'm glad it's back. Don't get me wrong. I'm, right. I am 100% glad it's back. I think most back. people are. Football's football um, in, in whatever way it may be. Honest, you and I have been getting our fill with high school football. Um, 
I I went to in three nights. I six went man. to eleven man, eight man, and six man. And yep. Let me tell and you, it's like watching three different sports. So, uh, just the ball is shaped the same, and they're wearing the same uniforms. But the, um, the I'm glad it's back. But the problem is just going to fall in in that range, like I said, of flexibility. And because some of these schools haven't been practicing, well, not that they're at a disadvantage, but you know, some schools have been like at least half practicing weights, whatever conditioning, whatever it may be, in in preparation for a season. And in in Maryland, just yesterday, I think, um, recording this on Wednesday, so on Tuesday, um, I think they just reinstated football practice. So it's, you know, maybe it was because the season's coming back, but it, it's not gonna, it's not necessarily gonna go away, um, and we we all know that. But it's just it's the timing is weird and I think it's it should play in favor of the Big Ten as far as like getting the season in and they have now waited long enough for different protocols um but when we get to week three and someone has to quarantine for two weeks I mean either they're either stumbled upon a great solution to that that's and we're talking eight man, six man football. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if a that's team right. has to, if a team has to put down some guys, can't go out that week because of COVID, make the other team put down some guys as well voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Test the coaches a little bit with schematics and and their brilliance to the game. How can they adjust? And it opens up the field for some playmakers. I I would be all in six man Rutgers versus Ohio State. See if see if the Scarlet Knights can pull something off in Piscataway. Yeah, uh, I volunteer myself as offensive coordinator if, if it comes down to that. Uh, do they still? Gosh, who's their quarterback? Um, Fields? For no, Ohio no, no. State, for, for, Rutgers? for Rutgers. Uh, don't remember. I know we made fun of him, but <laughs> Sikowski or something? I, I know it's. it's I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Oh, me. Noah Vedral. That's right. <laughs> he is out there. Yeah. We got a... I don't know. We're spending too much time on Rutgers quarterbacks. I mean, that's we've already spent more time than we should have on this team, I feel. So, to, to, to round out my point here, I think, I think the Big Ten did the smart thing by having uh, football come back. I think they did the smart thing by waiting. Um, should they have canceled? I... Hindsight's twenty twenty, so maybe not. Maybe they should have just postponed and, and tried to see how it worked. But look at all—I mean, look at look at all the teams that are just like, let's kick this can down the road, uh, and, and just kind of wait. I mean, it's—you kind of pick your poison. You either, uh, you know, you're either blasted for canceling the season, or your team has forty guys test positive and you're blasted for for playing. So yeah, I mean it's... the Big Ten's kind of in that sweet spot where everyone's pissed, but I think the the biggest pro of this all is the parents are gonna shut the hell up. I was gonna say, I mean, we don't have to deal with those damn parents anymore. They'll get what they want. Everyone else gets some football. I'm and... suing you know what? I'm suing the parents for suing the school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean right now I feel like Pat Fitzgerald after that game just you know Everyone get home safe now. You know, yeah. I mean, that's all I care about. Let's yeah. play some football. Everyone get home safe. And hopefully 2020 can end on a high note. I agree. Yeah. But um, moving on. Football's into, back. Let's just. And we'll have more football in, in this show with NFL later. Before we get there, 
Um, we don't talk about NBA much. Um, it's often very predictable. But one great thing happened this, this week. Um, the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead mm -hmm. to the Denver Nuggets. They came back. You got the Joker being a star out there. It, double, you know, planted feet fade away. He's like your, you know, your, your overweight dad playing basketball in the driveway, and he makes it look beautiful. Mm -hmm. Jamal Murray drops, you know, 40-plus points a night because he's a bona fide superstar. Uh, this Denver Nuggets team, I'm, I'm stoked they got this done. Yeah, uh, Jokic is is like your fat uncle that that shows up to to like and all he does one, is hook shots. Yeah, he, he shows up to one family event a year, but it's always when you're least expecting it. And he's like, "You hey, let's play one on one." And yeah, he's just he's he's just draining everything in sight. And it's like, who? How is this guy related to any of us? Um, Jamal Murray is. I think I saw someone's tweet that said, like, we need to stop referring to them as emerging stars. Like, they're here. Like, they've arrived. If he, if he played on a bigger market team, everyone would know that name and care about and him. Then, and I know that's been a take that's yeah. been rising, you know, over the last few weeks. But it's so obvious that, yeah. I mean, we need to put some respect on his name. And the thing, too, is, like, Denver's not even, like, a small market as far as, like, location. But, like, as far as sports go, it's like, uh, you know, they're kind of hit or miss. And, uh you know, the Nuggets reached their first uh, Western Conference final since 2009. Uh, Carmelo uh, went head-to-head -head with Kobe in 2009. Um, what I think is interesting is now against the Jazz, they came back from 3-1. Against the Clippers, they come back from 3-1. And there, there's 13 teams that have done that, and there are two of them. Uh, and only obviously only one time it's happened in the finals. But... What uh, what's interesting too is Doc Rivers is a part of three of those teams that have done tough look for Doc, right? And I love and I Doc. love Doc, yeah. But tough look. And and someone tweeted, uh, Doc Rivers is is smiling and, and is is happy right now that uh, he got to coach Kevin Garnett. So, uh, which, yeah, without that, I mean, you look at Doc Rivers' resume and it's like this is rough, dude. Um, He's a great coach, though. He's a great guy. I, I love Doc, but it, some some bad luck on his side. But, yeah, uh, as far as the Nuggets go and as far as the Clippers go, well, one, where the hell was Paul George? Um, playoff yeah, P, MIA. pandemic P, pathetic P, whatever you want to call him. And, you know, Kawhi can only do so much. Obviously, wasn't wasn't great in Game 7. Um so it's uh Beverly's getting trashed on because he's easy to pick on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Damian Lillard coming out of the woodworks. Yeah, I'll uh, tell you what though. You know, the great thing from this is we got we got playoff Plumley in the mix as well. Eight minutes, got one point. Um I'm all in full on playoff Mason Plumley yeah. get, getting a run in, into the finals. So uh the probably the best thing I've seen so far is that if the Lakers let's be honest. The Lakers have lost game one in, in both their series so far. So some people would call it the gentleman's sweep where they give game one to Denver and then they win four in a row, um, which is I could see happening, very likely. And then the other thought is if if L.A. goes up 2-1, uh, let Denver win game four and then beat them in six games because if they, if they go up 3-1, that's when Denver comes alive. So, it'll be um, that'll be an interesting 
interesting series because I do truly think that um, the, the Nuggets have some kind of some kind of fight that they'll put up against the Lakers. Now, I, instead of it being an all LA Finals, which I think would have been closer, um, I don't write off the Nuggets. Like I, I honestly think they do have between Jamal Murray, Jokic, and just some of the role the role players around them. Like I think they do have a fair shake at least at competing in the final in no, the I think Western Finals. They're kind of growing into America's team this year, just like that team that everyone's rooting for. Well, when you go down three one twice, I mean, it's but hard not to root for them. Too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a Nuggets fan this year. Um, and I think well, that would the be... Heat are still in it, so I can't root for anybody quite. Well, I'm, and I'm a Celtics fan, so I, you know, Celtics Heat. That'll be fun, you know, the rest of the series. He got the better part of him. Uh, yeah. Game one. Um, I'm also a LeBron fan. I mean, how could you not like the GOAT? So, I, it's, it's I mean, tough. I could. I Yeah, I cannot like him. Uh. <laughs> Jeez, he gets you only, you know, some rings, and now you hate the guy. Should have got us four. Wow. Well, here's, here's my thing. I think I've explained it on this show before, and I think I've explained it to other people, too. When a guy gets to a certain status, especially in the NBA, but think about even like the NFL too. A guy gets to a certain status to where you're kind of, there's only two ends of the spectrum. You love him or you hate his guts, but you have to respect what he does. You know, Tom Brady, absolutely hate the guy, but he proved it out on the field. Belichick, not the biggest fan of Belichick, but like, what are you going to do? He's too good not to like. Right, and so you, I just don't understand how people hate, you know, history and hate like you know someone that you'll never see again be that good. How can but you hate and, and here's the thing too, and this is why I hate like debating players of of eras, and this this is why it's so hard because basketball in 1985 and basketball in 2020 are two different sports. Much like the different numbers of guys on the field for football. It's a completely different sport. Like, if you took somebody from the 80s or 90s and put them in today, it's not that they couldn't figure it out. It's just, like, give them no knowledge of how the game's played now, and they would be screwed. But but you could say that guys now could go back, and, you know, it's all, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, everyone always tries to say, like, oh, if you put, if you put Michael in this era, like, he's going to shoot the lights out. Oh, if you put LeBron in the 80s, He's just going to be bigger and better than everybody. It's like, well, I guess, but, uh, you know, we'll never know. And in 10 years, I'm not saying we're going to forget about Braun because it's been how long since MJ played and we haven't forgotten about him. But, you know, in 10, 15 years, basketball will probably look even more different. And, like, the, your star players aren't going to be the 6'8", 260 guys. Your star players are going to be – the Steph Curry's, or you're going to go on the flip side where it's going to be the guys that are seven foot, seven two, and are shooting threes all day. Like, it's it, yeah, it's just well, <laughs> it's uh, maybe a little more in shape, but uh, it's just weird. It, it, it seems like basketball is one of those sports that um, more so than others, while the rules and like the idea of the game hasn't changed, but the way it's played. Um, is drastically different than 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, uh, 
that's a roundabout way for me to say I don't I don't uh, claim to be a LeBron fan, but at the same time, like you can't you can't look at his stats and 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 how he's played and things he's done off the court and say like this guy's an abomination to society. So um, sounds like a roundabout way for you to say Nuggets and seven. Oh yeah, no, yeah. The Nuggets. Here, here's the strategy: is go down three one. You know, that'd be incredible. First of all, if they could do it uh, again. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest; it gets it, it takes a lot for me to really care about you know some elements of the NBA and some teams. Oh yeah, and yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Just because you know, I think you could predict the finals about you know twelve months out. Um, but I'm starting to care about the Nuggets, and I know it's going to end poorly. I know it's going to be rough, but it's hard not to to root for right. them and, and really start caring. See, and that's the thing: as a Heat fan, at the beginning of the year, I was just kind of like, "Eh, we got Jimmy Butler, but but we have so many young players, and I don't want to get my hopes up." And then they get into the bubble. And I'm like, "Okay, I can I can ride this a little bit." And now they're up one zero in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm like. We're gonna we're gonna do it, you know. And uh, you know, like you said, a lot of times the NBA is the most predictable of the professional leagues. You could have said at the beginning of the year is either gonna be Lakers Bucks or Clippers Bucks, um, and no one would have batted an eye at it. Uh, if you would have said Nuggets Heat, I think uh, streets would have been on fire. I think people uh, would have been losing their mind, pulling hair out. Um, even even if it's Lakers Celtics, which would be obviously a very traditional matchup, um, even that I don't think would have been an expected outcome. I think everyone just expected Giannis and the Bucks to to find a way. Um, Giannis obviously gets hurt, and the Heat just matched up really well with them to begin with. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. It it'll be an interesting two set of conference finals because I think. The Heat or the Celtics are good enough to win, and I think the Nuggets can at least, if they can't win that series, they can at least put pressure on L.A. to like show what their weakness maybe is. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, they obviously showed the weakness of the Clippers, which their their best excuse was they were tired and didn't have team chemistry. And it's like so many people are saying, well, if only there was a way to close out a series sooner than Game 7. It's like, my my God, you had three games to do it. So that's just the Nuggets effect, man. They go down 3-1, and they got you right where they want you. Best thing is, too, they don't have the altitude. You know, I mean, everyone always harps on, oh, it's the altitude. Oh, on, these guys can't down. breathe. Yeah. It, it, go Nuggets. That's all didn't work. Didn't work for De- – almost worked for Denver in uh, football, but didn't work for Denver. Um. We can cut this part out. Do you want to move on quickly to the NFL and then, like, do a quick recap before the pick Do you just want to do a pick Um, Just because, like, probably got about five, ten minutes before I should probably head out to that, get ready for that interview, or? Yeah, we can do a, we can just do, quick, like, a quick, quick recap, recap of, like, some games that, like, yeah you care about. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the NFL, um, week one was a doozy. Um, one of the games I paid attention to early, and this was mainly just tied to to my fantasy team, and it, it was boring in the first half, exciting in the second half. It was your 
Washington football team taking on Philly. Great comeback, as we mentioned at the top of the broadcast. Then they came away with the 27-17 dub. Yeah, um, I know I sent this in a text to you, and I I uh, have have heard it from, from fellow um, Washington football team fans. Um, that win on Sunday just proved you don't need a candy-ass nickname. Uh, you just need a football team full of football players. I'm all in on them taking that alpha move and just saying, we're the football team. Yeah. I, I think they keep it. And that's the thing is, like, uh, you know, if someone asks you, like, oh, who do you root for? And you're like, oh, the football team. And uh, people just be like, did you hear the question? Or, <laughs> And uh, I love it. You know, uh, I know that um, I, Jason Wright said uh, that the president of the Washington, Washington football team, he basically said, you know, if, if they were to somehow, now obviously don't get your hopes up, but if they were to somehow – pull off a Super Bowl win they can't they can't have a nickname they've just got to stay as the Washington football team and uh I'm all for it like I said you don't you don't need a nickname of something that's not even native or or traditional to your your location because you know think about Philly like yeah they're the Eagles but I think they're the Eagles only because like oh well this is one of the first towns of of, of, a, of the United States. Well, who cares, you know? Yeah. I mean, I imagine having a pansy-ass nickname like the Chargers or, right. or you know, I mean, the what's Jets. A, hey, the what's Browns. a Raider? I mean, come I mean, on. Who, who cares? I mean, if you're the yeah. football team, you're, you're you on know what you are. Level. I mean, yeah. You, you, you know you, what you are. You got the identity thing checked, and you're saying to everyone else, no, we're the football team. Uh, you stink at them. Yeah, you yeah. stink. Yeah, you, you decided that it was a good day to be like, mm, we're the Falcons, okay? Like, yeah. Um, incredible comeback. Uh, now, was I worried? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It looked bad in the first half. Yeah, it was bad. But let me just say. Dwayne Haskins looked like he had a blindfold on. The the running game have, just wasn't knows. there. I mean, it was just, it was scary. But. But they came back and squeaked it out in the end, 27-17. I think there's some concerns about the Eagles moving forward. Now, I think, you know, we'll talk about this maybe in our pick but get some guys back on that Philly offense. How are they going to, you know, come back in? Are they going to be full speed ahead, or is it going to be rough? I, I don't know. Uh, another game that stuck out to me, and it was really just because Oh, I, I'd just like to say one more thing real fast Yeah. about Washington. Uh, their defensive line has arrived. Um, I mean, that's a top two, top three line, if not the best oh, yeah. in football. Ryan Kerrigan uh, holds the franchise record for does. sacks now. And Chase Young, in his debut, he's arrived. He's here. I mean, he was, sweat, a, he was a – He got pain. I mean, those guys are, are men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chase Young was a grown-ass man in college. And now he's on a stage where he's going to thrive. And he's on a team that um, he fits perfectly on. Uh, you know, Washington, as a fan, I'm used to this team – just stinking up the joint and i don't care if they go seven eight and one this year or whatever if i i'm just glad that they were able to get chase young and dwayne haskins in back-to-back drafts and uh, build the team around that and for the love of god do not let alex smith near the field another game i uh was going to mention it was really because of the ending though um lions falling to the bears 27 23 they had the lead going yep. into the fourth quarter last year this team had lost a lot of close games and they blew the most fourth 
quarter leads in the NFL. They they, they picked up right they where they left the Detroit off. Detroit Lions, you yeah. know, they they pulled pulled it off again. They blew it to Mitch Trubisky. I mean, how do you feel to be that franchise um, where Trubisky? You know, that's the one team that Trubisky has your number. That's not a good look. Yeah, not a good look. Bears come back, take a 27-23 lead. Eight seconds left or something like that. Pass into the end zone to a wide open DeAndre Swift, the star rookie running back everyone in Detroit and Michigan is excited about. Hits him in the hands, worst place for him, drops it. Detroit ends up losing to Chicago. Horrible, horrible way to start the year. Yeah, not a, not a great look for Detroit. Uh, let's, let's just say that if Matt Patricia was not on the hot seat already, uh, he is now. And you know, for a majority of the game, and by that I mean pretty much the entire game, I was surprised that the Lions looked so much better than the Bears. Now, now the Bears aren't great good by defense. any means. They got a good defense. Trubisky, I mean, I, we've talked about this on the show before. Like, I, I think this is his make-or-break season. If, if it goes well, you know, um, they definitely aren't just going to extend him willy-nilly. Uh, but if it starts to go poorly, you put Nick Foles in. If, if Foles can make something work with that offense, then, you know, who knows? So, but, yes, well, the Lions it's, lost. It's gross to me, the Bears I, team. I do feel bad for Detroit for having to put up with the Lions. So, but with how they played – as long as they like, there's some wins in that football team. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, it's just they can't. They got to figure out their fourth quarter. Like they, that they comes just down to coaching. I think that comes down to coaching. I'm with you. Patricia should be on the hot seat if he's not already. Uh, moving on though, one of the big games, big focuses was the is the game of the week. It was Buccaneers Saints. Tom Brady made his debut. Looked good that first drive as they marched down the field. Um, ended up coming up short, 34-23. Um, there's miscommunication a lot. Even Bruce Arians, who defended Jameis Winston quite a bit last season, came out and said Tom Brady messed up on this and that and that. And, uh, of course, now he's throwing his quarterbacks under the bus, right, when he That's gets right. the greatest one of all time. That's the way to do it. Well, Saints, despite One Drew, of the best of all time. But. Saints, despite <laughs> Drew Brees uh, not being able to sling it past 10 yards and Michael Thomas coming up hurt, get the victory over their division rival. Um Good luck for Sean Payton and Buccaneers. They're going to be good, but it might take some time. Yeah. So, like I said at the top of the show, um, two of the teams that we were were nominating uh, came out with wins. The other two lost. Uh, and it was the two that we said uh, we're not going to root for. So, we at least have it narrowed down to two winning ball clubs. That's good on us. Um I, I'm not surprised that the Saints beat the Buccaneers. I know you and I talked about the, the Saints should, in theory, not run away with the NFC, but they are pretty much leaps and they bounds might be the best better. Team in football when healthy. Right. I think they're leaps and bounds better than most teams on that side. Now, the Rams will give them a run for their money. The Niners will. Even the Cardinals might. Who knows? And Seahawks. And the Seahawks. So. It's uh, it's basically yeah, it's basically the Saints versus the NFC West, uh, and and, and maybe Green Bay. So, Kamara huh. looked good. That was good to see. There was a lot yeah. of questions about his health, probably as there should be. 
He just got that contract signed, a little bit bigger than Dalvin Cook, had to one-up him, mm-hmm. and, and he looked good. So for New Orleans fans, I, I think that's a plus. Um, and, of course, going 1-0 and in the division matters quite a bit. Another one of the top games this week was the Sunday night game. Of course, it was L.A. Rams showing off SoFi Stadium, an empty SoFi Stadium, <laughs> against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Came to town 2017 L.A. on top. Um, but it was a good game. Zeke looked really good. Uh, a couple of questionable calls maybe late, but the Rams' new defensive coordinator came back, were able to stop Cowboys and, and come away with the early victory. Yeah, a couple things about that game, obviously. Uh, one, Zeke's stomach tattoo is horrendous. Not a good look when you're, you know, when it's flopping up and down a lot. I mean, yeah. if he still had that six or eight pack or whatever he had, uh-huh. maybe it would look different. Yeah, that feed me tattoo is going to look really weird when he's 300 pounds and 45 <laughs> years old. Um, not far from it. Let's see. Uh, the, you would have thought with a new turf, a uh, new field, would have hit the over. Didn't. Um, that was kind of a surprising under, to be honest. I thought maybe the offenses would show a little bit more. Um, you know, But it, it was the defenses that reigned supreme in that game, which, you know, typical Sunday night fashion, not, not usually a lot of points scored. Uh, except what was there was that Packers game that I think they were up on the Bears like forty two nothing at halftime or something. Was the Rams like that. Chiefs games last year? Was that Monday or Thursday night? Uh, uh, I think it was a Monday night game. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, which Monday night is for points? Right. Uh, Sunday night's for defense. Except uh, for Titans Broncos, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, the other thing, uh, obviously, uh, maybe the the uh, best looking man in. The NFL, not Mike McCarthy, uh, Sean McVay, uh, Roger Goodell in the NFL trying to bring the hammer down on, on the mask protocol. Um, you know, no mask, but he was covering his mouth uh, with with the play sheet. Um, I know the meme going around was if, if only there was another way to cover his mouth um, as he has a mask hanging around his neck. But, you know, not everyone can pull off the uh, Andy Reid sneeze guard Right, covered in in fog. Only so, the elite. So yeah, that's right. Only only the biggest and best coaches uh, can, can pull off the the buffet shield. So um, good win for the Rams, um, but also I, th- I think the the Cowboys kind of showed that if their defense stays the way uh, plays the way they did uh, against L.A., that uh, if they get that offense clicking. They're probably still the the favorite in the NFC East. Um, you know, obviously. They have some injuries that are concerning, though. Yeah. Anderesh, you know, that recurring neck thing. Mm-hmm. A couple more guys went down. You know, Blake Jarwin, breakout tight end candidate. He probably tore his ACL on a non-contact play. Mm-hmm. That part worries me about Dallas moving forward, but I did like what I saw from him. Yeah, yeah. I know I texted you and said that uh, after the Cowboys game and after the Washington game that the NFC East is very winnable. Um, obviously mostly for Dallas, uh, but you know, don't, I, I really do think it'll be a two horse race between Washington and Dallas. I know Washington obviously had their own ups and downs, but if they play the set, like they did in the second half, um, against the Eagles, they, they could be, a, a dangerous eight and eight, nine and 17, but you're doing you got, any- Danny Dimes, yeah. I, we'll get to him in just a sec. You're I, doing him dirty, though. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that um, the the interesting wrinkle, too, to, to remember is that uh, there is a seventh team 
and there's only one bye week. So one, getting that home field advantage in the bye week is more important than ever. But also, um, you know, a, we talked about how it, it, it could actually bring down the quality of the playoffs a little bit, depending on who that eighth seed is, or seventh seed is, excuse me. But, you know, it could also uh, make the playoffs more interesting because it, it looks like right now you're going to have a lot of those eight and eight, nine and seven teams that could be vying for that last, last spot anyways, especially when the NFC South is usually three of the six spots. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you there. Speaking of Danny Dimes, though, he played Monday night against the Steelers. <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet and the college crew was on the call. I thought they did a great job. Danny Dimes, I thought, looked good, but Steelers just looked that much better. Of course, that's the team of Steven Stone this year. Um, Big Ben came back. A lot of people were saying he was shaking off some rust going into it. Maybe the first drive, the second drive, he was you know, on his third guy in, in his reads, making some nice throws. Overall, I thought he looked good. James Conner goes down hurt. That's a terrible, sad story. I think everyone's rooting for James Conner, but Benny Snell probably looked like the better back anyways. Um, so that's good. Overall, the defense looked like the top defense in the NFL, potentially. And it was a good win and big for our brand uh, getting that dub early on. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I think the, the win solely falls on us. We picked the team right. earlier in the week. so um, And it would have looked bad, you know, because we were thinking about the Giants. And you got to love Joe Judge and the no names and Brett Bielema running laps. Uh, talk about feed. Brett Bielema, uh, he was not. I If well, he I, was running laps... It would have looked bad if the Giants came away with the with the dub there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially for us. We would have been running laps, and we wouldn't have had names either. We would have been host one and host two. Um, but, yeah, uh, obviously I want Snell to be the starter anyways. That's just – that's my guy right there. And we'll be but, now. Um, you know, that, that's taking nothing away from James Conner, obviously. And, you know, it's a, it's a weird – it's going to be a weird Pittsburgh offense, I feel like, because so many names have, have come through there that uh, are memorable, and uh, it's not really it's not really a memorable offense, you know, other than Ben Roethlisberger. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the offense plays, but obviously the, the defense is, is what Pittsburgh thrives on, and, and when you get into October, November, December, you know, the weather in Pittsburgh isn't isn't going to be great as far as uh, offensive weapons go anyway. So as long as you have a good running back and a good offensive line, um, you know, th- that team can pull out some wins. I know I texted you that I don't really care about Pittsburgh that much other than we we picked them as our team. But you, you better believe when they're 7-8 and eight and they need a win and six other teams to lose the last week to get that seventh spot – uh, uh, we're going to be in black and gold. So, oh, oh yeah, I mean that, that's ride or die this year, no matter what happens. That's right. Uh, I will say, scary thing. I think they're another Big Ben injury away from being pretty disappointing, but um, so far so good for for our team of Steven Stone. That's right. Yeah, and honestly, you know, at some point, at some point, it'll be over. Big Big Ben will be done. Um, Duck Hodges. As long as it's not Mason Rudolph, you know. Uh, but, yeah, at some point, obviously, they'll have to move on. They'll have to find somebody new. But if he can if he can stay, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, like Ben Roethlisberger healthy, uh, which is being able to tough it out and just get some ice every now and then. Uh, yeah, the Steelers should be 
you know, they might be a middle of the road team, but they might be able to sneak into the playoffs. I think I think they're a playoff team. Um, I think they could contend with the Chiefs the, and Raiders. I just, well, I don't know if I'd go that far. But I'm I'm all in on it. I'm I only week one. I mean, middle of the road as far as you know, eight nine wins. But you know, like I said, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, the Steelers are probably the favorite in, in the North AFC yeah. North most years. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, I say that some people might think I'm crazy for that, but I'm really all I'm going all in on this team early. It's our team, and I I see some life there where where they can be competitive. With that being said, um, I think it's almost time. I mean, uh, if you, if you're ready, I'm ready for for the flagship part of the program. I've got uh, we probably gotta we gotta sync this music up, but uh, you let me know when to hit it, and I'll, I'm ready. Let's do it right now. You ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Hopefully it's rolling for you because it's rolling for me. But here we go. Thursday night, we open in Cleveland. And both teams 0-1. Number one picks going head-to-head. Cleveland, the six-point favorite. But Cincinnati uh, probably project to win here over under 43 and a half. Joe Burrow goes on the road to take on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, did Joe Burrow look good week one? Yes. For a rookie quarterback, did Baker look awful like he did last year? Yes. And so, you know, everything points to Cleveland just being another team good on paper. Um, I, I'm not buying into these Cleveland Browns again. I have in the past. I get caught up in the hoopla, and I'm not doing it this year. I think Joe Burrow comes out, could have easily won last week. I think they should have. I think he comes out. I don't care about the six-point spread or whatever we're looking at. I'm taking Cincy. I'm rolling with the Mr. Joe Burrow and, and, and company. Uh, I'm going Bengals. Yeah, I like the pick. I, Thursday night, you know, the Browns looked looked bad. I mean, I know it was against the Ravens, but it was it was not a good look. Obviously, Cleveland gets two uh, AFC North opponents in back-to-back weeks, but I, I like Cincinnati in this one. I think they obviously cover. They're going to win straight up. Uh, Forty-three and a half. It's a Thursday night in Cleveland. Oh. I'll, t- I'll take the over, but it'll be tight. Uh, give me Cincinnati 27-20. No, 34-14, Cincy on top of the Browns. Short week. What's going to change from last week for the Browns? Nothing. 34-14. I like it. All right, moving on. Sunday, we've got the afternoon games starting with Dallas. We go down to the Star City in Arlington. Jerry World as the Dirty Birds visit the Cowboys. Both teams 0-1. We've got Atlanta is a a 4.5 point underdog over under at 52.5. That's a tough one for me. I think, you know, Vegas, as they often do, has it about right. Like I said, Cowboys scare me a little bit because of of the injuries, but Atlanta, I just don't know if if they got, got the gusto to really put them over the top of Dallas. Uh, I like Gurley. I hope he's doing well in Atlanta and, and is able to stay healthy. I mean, Ridley and Julio are fun, but I just I can't buy into the Falcons yet. I think I got the Cowboys. I know I got the Cowboys in this one. I'm leaning towards 21-21-17. Four points there. My ball game, so Atlanta's going to cover. I have you at. So, yeah, uh, definitely I, th- I think this is – I think this is Dallas's game to game to win here. Uh, obviously, a home opener had a bit of a rough time against the Rams, but that's a great defense. Uh, with Atlanta, 
I, yeah, I'm not fully bought in yet. I, I think they have the weapons to do it, but they always find a way to to go six and ten anyways. So I, I like Dallas. I like the over. I think I like Dallas covering that four and a half. Give me Dallas 34-21. Atlanta scores late. Wow. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. All right, moving on. We go down to the sunny state of Florida as the Buffalo Bills come to town to take on the Miami Dolphins. As we know, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Miami is actually is a five and a half point underdog at home. Over under is set at 41. Dolphins kept it close with New England, and you didn't know what you were going to expect from the Patriots last week. So it's a tough game to game plan for them, and they only lost by 10. It was closer than that for a large part of the game. Buffalo looked really good, but they also played maybe the worst team in football in the New York Jets. With that being said, that Jets defense is just too much, too strong. Josh Allen, not a good passer, but he has a cannon and he can run. Um, they got Stephon Diggs. There's a lot to like about this Buffalo team. They're the obvious favorite in the division. I think they go out. I didn't even pay attention to what you were saying about the over-under and the difference in the points. I got Buffalo in this one. I'm going to go 28-28-7. I think Fitzmagic turns into Fitztragic, throws three picks. You start hearing whispers about Tua coming in. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Tua, but at this point, like, why not just go for it, you know? You've, I don't know what they're waiting for, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to bet against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, even on the road. They're already 1-0 against the spread this season. I think the Bills cover that 5.5. I think they win straight up. I think they hit the over. I think they win. Give me, give me 41 41-10, Buffalo Bills on wow. the road. Get out of town, Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, well, no one's going to be in the stadium anyways, but they'd, they'd be leaving at halftime, that's for sure. All right, the home opener for Tampa Bay as Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater come into town. Tampa is a fairly large favorite as far as NFL numbers go here. They're a nine-point favorite. Over-under set at 47.5. Neither of these teams won their opening matchup but obviously Tampa Bay uh, duped it out with probably the best team in the division yeah and I think you know that chemistry is going to start to build for for the Bucks, and they're going to start turning into that giant of a team you expect them to be with all those names on paper it's for the Panthers you know you got Matt Rule as coach I like Matt Rule as their coach I think you know it, a couple years from now it'll be a very talented team obviously this first year is going to be rough you're going to lean on CMC quite a bit. I expect to see good performance from McCaffrey just because he might be the best player on the field. Um, with that being said, he's not enough to, to top Tampa. I think it's going to be 31-14, sprinkling a missed field goal from Carolina there. Both touchdowns from McCaffrey, but, but Buccaneers out on top, and they start clicking like, like we think they should. Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey last week, 96 yards, two touchdowns, so it's hard to believe that they would go away from that. But obviously... Uh, between their quarterback being a guy that's really good on his feet and McCaffrey, it seems like the Panthers have a way to become one-dimensional uh, too often, too early. Uh, yeah, I like Tampa. Uh, 47 and a half is a lot. Uh, that would mean Carolina would have to, to get on the board. Um, I think Tampa covers that nine points, but it'll be close. Give me Tampa Bay. 
24-13. All right, our team, the team of the podcast, we go to the Steel City as Pittsburgh takes on the mile-high Denver Broncos. Broncos obviously struggled uh, against the Titans at home, but they also kind of got a sneaky backdoor cover thanks to the Titans not being able to hit any kicks basically all night. Uh, Pittsburgh's seven and a half point favorite over under is at 41 and a half. Yeah, Jerry Judy looked like uh, kind of like Jamal Murray on the other side, bona fide superstar. And I like him a lot. I think he's a difference maker in a lot of games. I like the you know backfield and Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. I think that part's intriguing. Um, hopefully, Cortland Sutton's back and healthy. Um, but at the end of the day, Drew Locke stinks. He's a bad quarterback. Get him out of town. You're just boondoggling with him. He's a waste of time. Doesn't bring anything to the table. I don't care about him. And he's going up against the best defense possibly in the NFL. We like Big Ben. His Broncos defense out without Von Miller. It's an easy pick. Steelers probably the easiest pick of the week. They're going to win this one. 28-3. Rough week for Broncos in that offense. Drew Locke stinks. So Stevens going under, but Pittsburgh... Win straight up easily covers. Yeah, I, I obviously more so because of the team of the podcast, but just looking at how they played last week, I, I think the Steelers uh, far and away are the better team in this matchup. Ben Roethlisberger last week, 229 yards, three touchdowns. Benny Sale, 19 carries for 113. It's hard to think that uh, that's going to stop. You know, as long as Roethlisberger stays healthy, they, they establish the run. And winning the trenches is obviously very easy things to do in football. The Steelers are going to win. I don't think it's 28-3, but I do think that 7.5 is, is too low, let's be honest. So give me the Steelers. They scored 26 last week. Give me 34 of oh, 34-7. I, I think the Steelers just run away with this thing. Noah Fant, however, five catches, 81 yards, and a good. touchdown for the Broncos. There's weapons there for the Broncos, but Drew Locke doesn't have it. All right. The Detroit Lions, after blowing what should have been an easy win against the Bears, and, and honestly made the Bears look bad, uh, are traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. And the Packers looked offensively incredible. I, I don't – you know, I guess they were playing the Vikings, so who knows if that's a good good barometer of uh, how, that, how their season's going to go. But Green Bay, six-point favorite, 49-and-a-half is the over-under. Green Bay looked good week one. Yeah, Packers looked nice, you know, and against the Vikings. Second division opponent in a row for both the Packers and Lions. Lions pull the Lions, as we talked about earlier. I think Packers offense, you can't expect that every week. Uh, they're probably going to take a small step back, still do the job, get the win. Uh, but I think this, you know, if Aaron Rodgers lights it up, then we start thinking Aaron Rodgers, again, is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's not regressing like everyone likes to think he is. Packers' obvious win here. I'm going to go 24, 24-14. Lions kind of lay a dud on offense, can't really get anything going. But closer than a lot of people might think the game's going to be. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, honestly, I, I'm not the biggest fan of, of AR-12, but... 364 yards, four touchdowns. Devontae Adams, 156 yards on 14 catches for two scores. But when when the Lions' leading rusher is Adrian Peterson, who just a couple weeks ago wasn't even on the team, you got to worry about their offense. Right. So I think the Lions' defense shows up for the first half. I think they, in Lions' fashion, blow it in the second half. Give me Green Bay. 
I think it's a little farther apart. Give me Green Bay 31, Lions 10. All right. As we make our way through the 1 o'clock games, Duval travels to Smashville as the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Tennessee Titans, one of our proposed teams of the podcast, but didn't quite hold up. They did sneak out a win, like I mentioned earlier. They missed three field goals in a PAT, but they win on a field goal. Tennessee, a nine-point favorite at home, over-under set at 42.5. Yeah, how about that for Goskowski? I mean, just the demise of his career, he had a tough hip surgery going into this season. Um, I think he's just in it for that guaranteed contract he is this year, but does not look like the same guy we know he is. Um, and you know what, I think that was just more of a squeak in advance kind of win for Tennessee. They got the dub, um, wasn't pretty, um, but all that matters is that it's 1-0 on, on the schedule. Jaguar on, Jaguars, on the other hand, yeah, expect them to take a step back, especially Minshew. Um, you know, just how long can he keep this up? A lot of people are still buying into Minshew Mania. I like him. I want to like him. But I, I think I got to go Tennessee on this one. Another ugly kind of ground and pound, grinded out victory, I think. I think this one's going to be 16 to 10, 16 12 around that range. But Tennessee squeaks it out. Yeah, obviously, uh, both teams 1 and 0. I just, I think the Titans with Derrick Henry and, and just their ability to to use their playmakers is just going to shine. Uh, nine points, honestly, is a little high based on, you know, the Jaguars did play a lot better than I thought they were going to. And, and let's be honest, after week one, Goskowski's going to miss a kick somewhere. So, you know, I think the Jaguars cover, I think it's definitely under, but I do think you know, staying with chalk here. I think the the Titans win 20 to 13. Good news for the Titans. Clowney looked good in his debut. That's a good point. I I know we talked about it, but I've already completely forgotten he's on the team. All right. Your LA Rams are traveling to Philly. This one is even. No one is the favorite as of today in the spread. Over under 45 and a half. Obviously, the Eagles blow that first first half lead against Washington. L.A. looked pretty good for most of their game against Dallas. Yeah, obviously I'm a Rams fan, but I'm a little bit surprised this game's, you know, even in Vegas. I wasn't impressed with Philly, you know, playing a, a lesser team in Washington, at least on paper. Goddard and Ertz looked nice, but is Miles Sanders going to be able to come back healthy and, and pick up where he left off last year? I mean, Johnson's back there hitting some guys back, but... No preseason, no ramp up. How are they gonna, you know, fit in right away? Um, and I feel like Philly's a little bit limited. I think Rams have the stars on defense and looked good against a good Dallas team. And I think that offense is really gonna have a bounce back the year this year. And Malcolm Brown looked good um, out of a committee running game um, for the Rams. So that's a good sign. I got LA in this one. Um, I think, you know, I think it's gonna be around 28 to. 28-14, I think Philly maybe comes out of the gate strong again, but I just don't trust that team for a whole a whole fourth quarter. Yeah, the Eagles obviously not the not the healthiest team in the NFL right now, uh, which does not help. And like you said, no preseason, didn't really get a chance to, you know, find a rhythm necessarily or find some team chemistry. Uh, L.A., you know, I think they could have done more against Dallas. I think they could have made that score higher. Uh, but their defense obviously looked really good. Malcolm Brown, like you said, uh, two touchdowns, 79 yards. I think if the Rams can get it going on the ground again, that 
maybe not run away with this one, but I do like the Rams on the road. Uh, 34, 34-24. Eh, uh, they close it out late. And, yeah, I, I think Philly has a chance of you, you, they got to go out there and punch them in the mouth. Otherwise, uh, it might be a long afternoon for the Eagles. All right, Kirk Cousin and his die, I'll die if I die attitude take it to Indy to go up against Phillip Rivers, who has a career path set up to be the greatest high school football coach of all time. The Colts three-point favorites at home, 48-and-a-half is the over-under. Yeah, this one I think is going to be pretty close. Obviously, Vegas thinks that as well. Phillip um, looked like he just came into the system and picked up, you know, like like he's been there his whole life. Um, had some nice plays, also threw some picks because it's Phillip Rivers. They lose Marlon Mack. I think that actually opens up the door nicely for Jonathan Taylor, who is just a better running back. Naheem um, Hines, who's going to thrive with Rivers, you know, being a receiving back. Um, still tough to lose Marlon Mack, though. You, you hate to see that with the Achilles there. I think Colts are good. I think Vikings squeak this one out, though. I, small upset, but I think the Vikings come away with it. I'm going to go 24-21 Minnesota on top, um, but I like both these teams in the season. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm leaning towards Indianapolis in this one. Both teams, you know, in their own right looked good week one. Uh, Vikings just happened to catch Aaron Rodgers on a bad week. So, and it just happened to be week one. Um, but I think the Colts pull this thing out. I, I agree. I do, I do think that three points is just about right. Um, Phillip Rivers is going to lead a fourth quarter comeback. Give me. And not throw a pick? And not throw a pick. Maybe he brings the bad juju with him to Indianapolis. But give me the Colts 2017 game winning field goal. All right, two more 1 o'clock games here, uh, noon our time. The New York football giants take on the Bears on the road. Bears, obviously, we've talked about just barely come away with a win against Detroit, uh, which I never thought I'd say. This one is 5.5 points in favor of Chicago, 42 for the over-under. Yeah, like most competent, insane football fans, they think this game is one of the grossest games of the season. You're probably right, but I'm here for the chaos. You got Danny Dimes, Saquon going to bounce back against another good defense. And then, of course, you got Trubisky on the other side. Um, <laughs> we've, we've spoken too much about him. This one I'm excited about. I'm going to take the Giants. Um, I, I believe in this team a little bit, probably too much. Um, but I want to see Danny Dimes go out and kind of light him up and Saquon have a nice return. I, there, I think there's a lot more to like about this New York team than people think. And uh, anytime I can be down on a Trubisky-led team, I'm going to be. So I'm going to take Giants in this one. 24-14 um, and just an absolute stinker from Trubisky and company. Yeah, I'm actually right with you. I, uh, as, as a Washington fan, it's, it, it breaks my heart to, to pick this game. But the Bears did not for three quarters of football did not look good, right? Um, and they played the Detroit Lions. Now, the Giants also kind of ran into the, the buzzsaw of a Pittsburgh defense. So, um, yeah, I think the Giants find a way to win this one. Um, I, I like the 10 points, too. Uh, a little different score, but I'm going 27-17. Yeah, I think, I think Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley find a way uh, on the road to 
to pick up a big, I wouldn't say a big win, but it's always good to get a win early in the season. All right, one more early afternoon game as San Fran travels to New York to play the Jets. Uh, San Fran 0-1 as well as the Jets, but the Niners are a seven-point favorite on the road. 42.5 is the over-under. Uh, San Fran's got to get something cooking here if they if they want to emerge from the NFC West. Yeah, San Fran was a little underwhelming last week against a good and up-and-coming Arizona team, though. Um, but they're up against, you know, maybe the worst team in football and the worst coach in football in Adam Gase. There's nothing to like about these New York Jets. Yet Le'Veon Bell saying his hamstring's fine. Adam Gase said it's not in the offseason. They play one game. Le'Veon hurts his hamstring. They don't pick it up. They put him back in. He makes it worse, and he's out this week. I mean, what a waste of time this team is. Sam Darnold can't hit the, you know, broadside of a barn. The guy stinks. I'm giving up on him. And this Jets defense is nothing to write home about except for May, their safety, who, who's a very talented player who, who will have a good career. But rough season for New York. 49ers get it turned around despite Jimmy Garoppolo's incompetent play at quarterback. Um, I'm still going to take the Niners in this one. The defense is too strong. We're going to go 17-0 shutout against the Jets. Niners get their first win of the season. Shutout on the road, Steven says. Uh, you know, I like the Niners in this one, too. Obviously, the the Jets are not a team you write home about. And it, it's funny you bring up the Sam Darnold thing. You know, you listen to people say, like, oh, just, just wait, just give him time, you know. And then you see a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, and he's just getting thrown under the bus every week. And... Let's be honest, you put Trubisky on another team, who knows, you put Sam Darnold on another team, he might stink still. So, give me the Niners. I, the Jets score something in garbage time. I think it's a, a bigger score, though. Give me the Niners. 42. Oh, my. Seven on the road. Wow. Love Frank Gore, though. Uh, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, what? Frank Gore. Not a friend of the podcast, but he should be. All right, what I would consider the, the game of the week, but it probably isn't, Washington and Arizona go head-to-head, two 1-0 teams that pulled out, uh, I would I would say Washington a big win, Arizona just a tone-setting win, especially to open with a division win and, and kind of flex their muscle a little bit. Arizona the 6.5-point favorite at home uh, with an over-under set at 47.5. Yeah, I think if you're a Cardinals fan, it's inspiring to see uh, D-Hop come in and, and have the game he did, you know, setting, you know, career highs in, in some big categories for him. Uh, because a lot of times it takes, you know, a year for receivers to adjust to new systems, and then they shine in, in year two. But um, it looks great right now for that Arizona offense. I think Kyler Murray's emerging as um, one of the top quarterbacks in the league and maybe not far from being a top five QB in the league. Um, I, I like Arizona this year. I think they're going to be growing. and face a tough defensive line in Washington, but other than that, I don't like too much about this Washington <laughs> team. Um, sorry to say, Colton, but I got Arizona in this one. I think this one's going to be 31-14. Scary Terry comes away with a touchdown for Washington, um, but not a great not a great game if you're a Washington fan. In my opinion, I got the Cardinals. Yeah, a battle of, a battle of uh, I guess you could say sophomore quarterbacks as far as the NFL goes, but you know, you look at the Cardinals last week, Kyler Murray, obviously their leading passer, leading rusher, and, and D-Hop, 14 catches for 151 yards. Uh, hopefully he doesn't turn into Julio Jones of the Southwest where he has a bunch of yards but no touchdowns. 
but that's a great addition for Kyler Murray. A, a, you know, have what top three receiver to throw to. Uh, but I think I would. I, I don't think I can go a week without picking Washington. Like I said, we don't. It's going to be a long year for you. That's right. Uh, don't need a candy ass nickname like Cardinals. Do Cardinals even live in Arizona? Show me a picture. Give me Washington. I think that defensive line disrupts Kyler Murray. I mean, the guy can't see over the offensive line anyways, let alone see over Chase Young. So give me Washington. This is going to be a tight ball game, especially on the road. 24-23. Quick question. Do we really care about road games now that you know there's very limited to no fans? How much does home field advantage give you besides the travel? Yeah, I think that's – I think Good that's. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's the travel. I think it's the, the time zone change, especially for Washington to Arizona. But other than that, not a whole lot. I agree. All right, another big matchup here. Uh, Texans lose uh, week one to Kansas City. You know, Kansas City's probably going to blow through most teams, so that's, that's not really on Houston. But Baltimore comes to town, and I don't know who set up the schedule for, for Bill O'Brien, but – they're just going to get – they're getting blasted two weeks in a row. Baltimore, seven-point favorite on the road. 51-and-a-half is the over-under. Yeah, I think if Bill O'Brien is able to keep this game within, you know, a score, maybe 10 points, I think that's a moral victory for them. Um, you got to like what you see from David Johnson. He came out – you knew he was going to get used a lot because he can't trade away one of the best players in the NFL for a washed-up running back and not use him. Otherwise, um, everything's going to hit the fan at that point. Um, so you like what you see from David Johnson. Of course you like what you see from Deshaun Watson. But does he have any weapons? Uh, I have Fuller on my fantasy team. I like Fuller. I also hate Fuller at the same time just because he's so inconsistent. Um, and I just don't see a way Texans can really make this a game. Baltimore's too strong offensively and defensively. I think they put up points in this one. I think it's going to be 41-14. to 14, And this game's over by now. Uh... I like the points. I'm not so much sold on it being a blowout by halftime. Uh, I think the Texans hang around for a little bit. They were hanging around with the Chiefs for a majority of that game too. And, you know, some things just don't break the right way for Bill O'Brien. I think that's just going to be the story of the season. I think the Ravens do at some point, you know, run away uh, with Lamar Jackson and, and that offense. That run game is just insane. 41. I think I'm going to go a little higher, Stephen. I'm going to go Ravens 45, Texans 30. That's your third game with NFL teams scoring 40-plus points. I mean, you're treating this like the Big 12, and I couldn't ask for anything different. <laughs> Did you expect anything less? <laughs> no. That's the question. All right, one more Sunday afternoon game as – the Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, travel to L.A. as the Chargers step foot in SoFi Stadium for the first time. I mean, I think this one's easy as Kansas City is an 8.5-point favorite. Over-unders at 47.5. Maybe the Chargers give them a run for their money, but uh, I think we know who's going to pull this one out. Yeah, one of the easier, easier games to pick, of course. Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked fantastic in his debut. He got all those receiving threats for Kansas City. And you have Mahomes, the top two quarterback in the league. 
Um, it's obviously going to be the Chiefs here. The Chargers, I just, what are they doing? I mean, you got Austin Eckler, uh, probably your best player on the team, at least on the offensive side of the ball, and you're not giving him, uh, you know, in space like what he does best. Um, that's going to have to change. Maybe you see it this week because they're going to be throwing and playing from behind, but um, it's just not going to be a good good week or really a good season for the Chargers. I'm going to take Chiefs in this one. Uh, I'll go over 40 again. I'll go 45 Chargers. They're going to be throwing a lot. Maybe get Eckler the ball more. We'll give him 21, but it's not going to be a pretty game if you're a Chargers fan. I like it. So we're agreed this is going to be like Oklahoma playing Kansas. Kansas pulls something out at the end, but we know who's going to come away with this. I mean, if you don't pick the Chiefs, you're crazy, I feel like. And, and maybe, maybe I'm overestimating how good they are, or maybe I'm not giving L.A. enough credit. I love Tyrod Taylor, but I feel like we're going to see Justin Herbert at some point this season. We've seen so the ceiling of Tyrod Taylor's offense. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Sammy Watkins. I mean, the offense is we, – we know the offense. It's stacked. I, I think, <laughs> Stephen, it wouldn't be a pick if I didn't hit one of these numbers. Give me the Chiefs. 52, Chargers 28. I knew it was coming at one point. 80 points. Hit the over. All right, Sunday night. This one's a big one. Uh, a team that we didn't know a lot about and a team that I think we did know a lot about uh, as the Patriots travel up to Seattle. No 12th man helping Seattle this year unless they pump in extra crowd noise. Seattle just a four-point favorite over-under set at 45. Yeah, I like this game, and it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, this is where one of the you know few places, this in Kansas City, probably where home field advantage does matter with those fans and does make a difference. But um, Patriots looked good week one with Cam. Uh, it's just kind of that you know new Patriots wave that I feel guilty about saying this, but I enjoy watching. I know that you know they've been the evil empire, but I like this team. I like Cam, but I don't like him more than I like Seattle this year. Um, I think Seattle is just one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and I think the Seahawks get away with this victory. Russell Wilson and company is just, just too much fun and too good. I think it's going to be 21-17, a really close game. Cam gets two touchdowns for the Patriots, but Seattle um, takes care of business and starts the year 2 and Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm sold on New England. Maybe not as much as I'm sold on Seattle, but... I think in an effort, I, I haven't been keeping track of our picks. I don't know who's picked who. I know we've basically kind of been on the same page for most of these games. I feel like the NFL is pretty predictable. But Sunday night, under the lights, I think – Something in the water. That's right. I think Belichick and Josh McDaniels find a way to get Cam Newton in the end zone probably twice again this week. He had two rushing touchdowns last week. I think he does it again this week. I think he finds – Gosh, who even knows who his receivers are at this point? Let's just say Julian Edelman for another touchdown. I think the Seahawks stumble a little bit at home. It's going to be close. It'll be a tight ball game. Sunday night, Patriots 21, Seahawks 20. All right, Stephen, and the Monday night game. One of the teams that we have circled as probably the Super Bowl favorite, if not at least the NFC favorite, is on the road in Sin City as the New Orleans Saints take on 
the Las Vegas Raiders. Five and a half point favorite is New Orleans on the road. 49 and a half is the over-under. Yeah, and you know what? We talked at length about the Saints. I think there is some signs of regression from Drew Brees, but it's not like the guy fell off a cliff. I know he can still, you know, make some great reads and make some great plays. I know he can't chuck it down the field 40 yards, um, but I, I think obviously the talent and the Hall of Fame quarterback is going to lead the way. I do worry about losing Michael Thomas this week. He um, says maybe he's going to play through it. Maybe he's out a couple weeks. Um, and, you know, I want to believe in this Raiders team. I love Gruden, but they always flop in primetime situations against big teams. How can you really believe in this team? Uh, with that being said, uh, cue the Chris Berman. I'm taking the Raiders. I mean, Josh Jacobs, I started to believe in this kid. He's healthy right now. Take advantage of it while you can. You got Darren Waller. Brian Edwards might show up. Ruggs, if he's healthy, is a deep ball threat. I know I shouldn't be making this pick, but I'm taking the Raiders on Monday night. There's something there. Probably not, but I'm going to go with it. 24-21, the Raiders squeak it away. Yeah, I thought I'd be picking different from you in this one, Steven. I thought maybe you'd go chalk here, but wow. I'm going with the Raiders, too. Let's go. New turf, new field, new stadium. It's in Las Vegas. They're not in Oakland. Maybe they shake off the bad juju. Derek Carr looked serviceable, but Josh Jacobs, I mean, if, if something's not working, just turn around and hand that ball off to the guy. 25 carries, 93 yards, and three touchdowns. And you're right, the, the Raiders have a plethora of offensive weapons. They'll find a way against New Orleans. It'll be close. It'll be tight. Uh, I think the Raiders scored late. Give me the Raiders 31-27 as they narrowly escape uh, the New Orleans Saints. I like that. You know, and I like Gruden going into this week. Gruden versus Peyton's going to be fun to watch. How is Taysom Hill going to be wrinkled in? I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, Saints could easily beat them pretty badly. I think week 16, maybe I'm picking someone else. But uh, this early in the season and a healthy Josh Jacobs. I think this is going to be one of the more fun games, at least for us, to watch this week. All right. That wraps up the, well, second week, but first week that we – Come back with Pick'em. I know we had been debating back and forth whether we were going to do it. Um, this will be the first time we've done Pick'em since uh, an, our hour-and-a-half-long bowl game Pick'em where we we had Pick'em music set up for, I think, 45 minutes, and we still went over. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's what you get with, with just us, you know, shooting the breeze here. Um, like I said, it's it's kind of our you know Tiffany program, and uh, it's it's really you know off the heels of the greatest pick'em of all time with that you know hour ish uh, of that music flowing <laughs> through your veins, um, and it's I think it's what everyone needs going into this week, and it'll stay in your mind for a whole week until we run it again. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that maybe is the downfall of the pick'em is it's hard. I to, think that's the upside. It's the downfall and the upside of it. it, it you know, you can't do anything without hearing. So, ah, feels good. It feels good to have some hot takes. We're going to see so many teams this week score 40-plus. Um, take that to the bank. Overs all week. And, uh, you know, don't take betting advice from us. Not yeah. me, at least. Yeah, definitely not, Colton. Uh, but, you know, unless you have anything else to add, um, any dumb debates you want to wrinkle into this uh, and sprinkle on top at the end, I think that might about do it. But typically, you know, you might want to throw something in, so I'm all ears for it if you do. Uh, 
no, I think my pickums were dumb. My, for, my pickum was dumb free. enough. Let's let's yep. be honest. I you know when the Chiefs do hit fifty, um, I will tweet about it. But until then, um, I I don't think there's there's anything dumber than the scores I pick for for pickum. I mean, what what was it the one week for? Uh, Gosh, what I pick? I, I think I picked Penn State to score like sixty three. I think they lost like seventeen to like seven. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was in typical fashion for you. So. Oh yeah. Um, well, then that'll do it this week. We'll be back again next week with you know a similar show as the season goes on, just kind of recapping and then um, a pick'em show as well for Colton Stone. I'm Stephen Huff. Until next time.